ऑडियो हॉप पॉडकास्ट दिस इज द विस्की एडवाइजर शो ऑन दिस शो वी सैंपल सम फाइन विस्कीज शेयर इंटरेस्टिंग टेल्स एंड ट्रिविया एंड आंसर योर मोस्ट इंपॉर्टेंट क्वेश्चन अबाउट विस्की एंड नाउ हियर्स योर होस्ट द विस्की एडवाइजर उदय बालाजी Hello everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Whiskey Advisor show. I'm your host Uday. Whiskey for me has been more than a drink. Uh it's been a passion for many many years now. And my other passion is travel. So these two passions have taken me to over 50 countries across five continents. Now on these travels I've been to over 100 distilleries and whiskey related experiences. across india scotland ireland the usa japan and many other places now i'd like to share this experience with you on this show we'll take a journey through whiskey history and we'll be looking at various iconic whiskey brands talking about their stories tasting the classic whiskies and also sharing a few recommendations on this journey i will be joined by someone who's interested in whiskey but now wants to take this interest to another level and truly appreciate it i call him the whiskey rookie or whiskey rook for short my friend piyush shinde welcome to the show piyush thank you uday and that's a neat name and a big hello to everyone uh, i am really excited to be a part of this so well uday i'll be very honest you know i was rather and i still am like so many other people out there who just simply want to drink uh you know you just go out with friends you are at a party and just want to have a good time and you know everywhere alcohol plays a big part in it so i've been feeling lately you know i've been missing the big picture especially when it comes to the whiskey and uh, you know i've started realizing that whiskey just isn't a booze you know it stands apart from the crowd the other alcoholic drinks so i want i just don't want to guzzle peg after peg but you know sit down and savor the taste and feeling of whiskey That's wonderful to hear Piyush. In fact, um lately in the past few years, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, so-called premiumization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of people traveling abroad and uh, even moving back from the US or Europe or wherever it is. And also there's a lot of um you know, media that we have access to these days. You know, yeah. when we were growing up, we had Doordarshan Yeah. Right. So now we just have so many lifestyle shows, so many aspirational, experiential things that we have access to, and now people are going from you know just drinking to looking for experiences, mm-hmm. and also like I said, premiumization moving up in terms of you know what they can afford. So maybe drinking a little less, mm-hmm. but drinking better quality alcohol. And you had mentioned some time back, you know, you were kind of comparing uh, whiskey with rum and brandy. I think. rum and brandy and every other alcoholic drink also you know have their unique experiences to offer unique uh, stories but if you ask me i'm really glad that you're interested most in whiskey and uh, happy to have you here so well it is interesting that you mentioned the other spirits like rum and brandy uh, you've got me wondering as to what exactly whiskey is it's a great question and a good place to start um, again going back to rum and brandy right so Rum is made from molasses or sugarcane juice. Mm-hmm. Brandy is made either from wine or any other fermented fruit juice. Okay. Those are sh- sources of sugar mm-hmm. that are then converted to alcohol. Alcohol. So 
whiskey, the sauce that it uses is grain. Mm-hmm. So it's grain that's fermented. Okay. And generally it's aged in wooden casks. So what are these grains that are used, you may ask? A number of grains are used across the world. But the most common ones would probably be barley, corn, wheat and rye. Okay, so you know that got me interested. When was the first whiskey made? Wow, if somebody had an answer to that question. <laughs> uh, but you know, we'll kind of try and answer it or uh, at least go back in history and uh, look at the very origins of liquor. To put it very simply, you know, there were two things that had to be uh, invented or discovered in order for uh, whiskey itself to be made. And I'd say those two processes are fermentation and distillation. Mm -hmm. So we'll quickly talk about why they're key. Because fermentation is what changes your sugar into alcohol. And then distillation is what, that's what concentrates it to get you that 40-50% alcohol uh, whiskey. Yeah. So fermentation dates back almost 10,000 years ago when uh, there were Egyptian beer records. Okay. And uh, on the distillation started a little later, but still a very long time ago in uh, ancient Mesopotamia or what you would say modern Iran or Syria. So these two had obviously been discovered many, many centuries ago. Uh, But you know, you told me something interesting about the word alcohol itself. So it's believed that the etymology of the word is al-kol, translating in Arabic to the fine powder. Okay. Do you mean uh, that kajal, uh, the black eyeliner? Coal. Yeah, Ah, that's right. Okay. So fine powder, many different fine powders, but yes, coal is uh, also one of those. Yeah, so, you know, it still wasn't being used to used for making whiskey or any other kind of spirits, right? No, it wasn't. What they used to do was distill medicines, perfumes and these fine powders that uh-huh, I'm talking okay. about. But around 500 to 1000 AD, this knowledge moved from the Arab world to mainland Europe. Mm-hmm. Through traders, the Moors moving into Europe, uh, the Crusaders going to the Arab world and back the knowledge came uh, into the mainland. So even if you go now, all across, you'll have different native liquors, you know, be it Eau de Vie or Aquavit or Geneva, a whole lot of different age-old distilled spirits. Now, what happened was, from mainland Europe, it was the monks who took this practice over to Ireland and then on to Scotland. Okay. So they used to use it for uh, medicinal purposes and ceremonial purposes. This wasn't initially meant for alcohol. But over time, they started realizing, okay, this has a certain effect on us and it, you know, you know what effect it has. Yeah. So that was discovered. And uh, then they started getting into alcoholic distillation on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Now, you need to keep in mind that whiskey now is a very highly regulated spirit in terms of, you know, what can be called whiskey. It has to be aged in a certain way. It needs to be distilled in a certain way, etc., etc. But this was a long time ago. So we're talking about an unaged spirit, typically infused with aromatic herbs and spices, just to make it more palatable. Okay. And uh, an interesting thing happened since we're still on the topic of monks. In the 1500s, Henry VIII dissolved all monasteries. Oh. So what did that mean? The monks are out of a job. Mm-hmm. 
So now you had a lot of freelance distillers going around. Okay. Yeah. So then distillation really spread across. These people went far and wide. It started becoming a practice that was it started becoming a common practice. Now earlier I talked about Odavi aquavit. So what they translate to in those local languages is water of life. Mm-hmm. Now the local language in Scotland and Ireland was Gaelic. and in gaelic water of life is ushkaba 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 so now this got shortened over time to only ushka and then slowly got anglicized to whiskey whiskey exactly i had no idea about that so now we know where whiskey comes from but there's been this age old fight that's been going on you know i keep saying scotland and ireland scots and irish mm-hmm. because there's always this argument about who started distilling whiskey first So currently the earliest record is an Irish record goes back to 1405 unfortunately not the most auspicious one because this record talks about how the head of a clan died from drinking too much aquavit okay yeah and the uh, 1494 is when uh, the earliest scottish record is fortunately a little more auspicious or at least not inauspicious um there's a record in the scottish exchequer's books that says eight bowls of malt to friar john core wherewith to make aquavitae so the all that fancy language basically means a friar was given 500 kilos of malt to make the water of life for whiskey okay we hope you've enjoyed the episode so far but before we go ahead here's a word from our partner enjoying this podcast You can also catch this and 200 plus such podcasts on Karwa 2.0 with BBC India, Film Companion, Open Mic Poetry, Sadguru Isha Foundation, Indian classical renditions by the greatest maestros, stories, rhymes and GK for your kids. Oh, and did we mention the 5000 preloaded songs and 100 plus unique playlists every day? To know more, go to www.saregama.com now. and we're back let's continue other hearing that i get how scotland and ireland are uh, the power houses of whiskey but what about the rest of the world that's a good question we'll quickly talk about how it went to uh, some of the other major whiskey producing countries in the world and india also so how it went to the us was a lot of european immigrants they took knowledge from europe to the new world it's believed that the first whiskey that was distilled in the us was in the maryland and pennsylvania area mm-hmm. and this was rye whiskey okay at that time okay did you know that even george washington was a distiller absolutely not george washington's predecessors had put a tax on whiskey production now this wasn't enforced mm-hmm. at that time but then when he came into power when he came into office he decided okay is going to go meet all the government officials in the areas and uh, find out whether you know it was time to start enforcing it and whether there would be any opposition mm-hmm. so they said no okay, so he went with their word and decided to enforce it and this is one of the seminal times in american history called the whiskey rebellion okay so this is the first time that a tax was imposed and then people rebelled against it and the government shut it down so you can read more about it if you want 
But another major thing that happened was a lot of the immigrants started moving west. And yeah. when I say west, I'm not, not talking about California. Back then, it was just away from the east coast. Okay. So they landed up in Kentucky and Tennessee. And it's very interesting because in here, you get fantastic water that is filtered through limestone, which is perfect for making whiskey. Okay. And you have corn. Oh. So whatever crop is common, the people who are farmers will start distilling and making whiskey from. Okay. So you need to remember wherever in the world, distillation was not the main business that people got into. They were farmers. And whatever crop was surplus, they didn't want it to spoil, so they distilled it. Or it was too heavy to carry to markets, so they distilled that crop. That's how most of distillation started across the world. No, that said, as I understand, one of the other two major whiskey producing countries is their North American neighbor, Canada. That's right. So in Canada, you have to look back until about 1799 when there were first records of whiskey making. Uh, and then the Scot there were a lot of Scottish immigrants who mm -hmm. took that forward and continued that uh, their proud heritage in Canada. Could say, in Canada, okay. And uh, so barley is not that common in Canada. Mm -hmm. So you have more grains, like I mentioned, in the U.S. corn, wheat, and rye. So over time, Canadians have built a formidable reputation in making extremely high quality rye. But there's more. They also have single malts now and a whole range of flavors when it comes to their whiskeys. Okay. I mean, another whiskey that I've heard about most is Japanese whiskey. Oh, yeah. Japanese whiskey is uh, really hot and it has been hot for a while. Uh, there are a couple of gentlemen who started Santori and Nikka. They were Shinjiro Tori and Masetaka Taketsuru. I know it's a mouthful. But really, there were a couple of events that brought it into the spotlight. So in 2003, there was a movie Lost in Translation where Bill Murray is shooting an ad for Suntory. Okay. That really shot it to popularity, shot Suntory and Japanese whiskey to popularity. And then they started winning a slew of awards until 2013 when the Yamazaki Sherry Cask was voted the best whiskey in the world by Jim Murray in the Whiskey Bible. So since then, everybody wanted Japanese whiskey. The Japanese didn't think they needed to make so, man, so much whiskey and age it. And uh, all of a sudden, there was not enough to go around. So you have these huge prices that people are paying for whiskeys that used to languish on shelves before these events happened. Oh, God. There's just one point there. You need to understand that you can't make whiskey today and sell it tomorrow. Yeah. So it takes 10 years or 12 years. That's why the Japanese could not, you know, immediately meet demand. And they're still struggling. So, you know, we've spoken about the Scottish, we've spoken about uh, American, Canadian, Japanese. We being Indians, we can't leave India aside. Now, I need, I'm very curious and intrigued to know how India got introduced to whiskey. Oh yeah, like most things foreign, the British introduced us to whiskey. And it used to be brought over in casks in the late 1800s, early 1900s onwards. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the earliest records of whiskey in India is of Glenfiddich whiskey in the early 1900s okay. being imported in in casks. Mm -hmm. So it's come a long way from there. And now we consume over 50% of the world's whiskey. Wow, that's a huge number. That's right. There's a lot, you know, going on in the Indian whiskey space. Um, there are some not so good quality products. And there are some fantastic quality products that have started to come out uh, from Amrut, Paul John, Rampur. The single malt whiskeys are fantastic. Yeah. 
I really want to get you all out there to go and try, you know, the Indian whiskies. You will actually be surprised how well they can stand up to any other foreign whiskey you've tasted before. I'm sure, you know, listeners would be looking forward and me too there. So thank you so much. You know, this has been so enlightening uh, from the whiskey advisor. I think, you know, I can say that I can understand a little more about the whiskey than I did before the episode started. So thank you so much, Uday, for this. You're most welcome, Piyush. So this was a light and breezy overview of how whiskey came to be and how styles evolved across the world. In the future, we'll have a few episodes about the detailed stories and the nuances of each country before we delve into the whiskies of those countries. And that brings us to the end of the episode. But we'll soon have a Q&A section as part of the show. So please send in your questions and comments via email, Instagram or Facebook. And we'll answer as many as we can. All our handles are at the end of the show. Until then, drink well and drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers. If you want to learn more about whiskey and Uday's work, visit thewhiskeyadvisor.com. You can send in your questions to us on uday at thewhiskeyadvisor.com or Instagram or Facebook at thewhiskeyadvisor. That's whiskey without the E. This show was brought to you by Audio Hop Podcasts. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter at Audio Hop Podcasts. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep your spirits up and drink responsibly.